0: how to buy back your time, the importance of having mentors, how he started his first business when he was at the age of 14, what tasks that you should delegate first, how to appropriately delegate tasks so that they get done properly, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 495 with the founder and CEO of Trainual, the host of the Organized Chaos podcast, and the author of the best-selling book, The Business Playbook, Chris Ronzio. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals who are hungry for growth get closer to the best version of themselves so that they can live meaningful and impactful lives. Are you somebody who really wants to improve your health, but you're overwhelmed with all that life is throwing at you? Are you somebody who knows they want to feel better in their own skin and be more confident in their own body and be a good role model for those around you? If so, you need to get access to my new video course called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and Building Muscle. You're gonna get a grocery list, a week's worth of workouts, and a list of healthy snacks and sweets to choose from. You can get all of that for absolutely free today by going to nickcarrier.com. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to Chris Ronzio. Chris is the founder and CEO of Trainual, which is a leading SaaS platform that transforms the way small businesses onboard, train, and scale their teams. Chris is the host of Organized Chaos Podcast, and he's the author of the best-selling book, The Business Playbook, How to Document and Delegate What You Do So That Your Company Can Grow Beyond You. Today, I'm super excited because you guys are going to learn about how to apply Chris's principles of do it, document it, and delegate it to your personal lives so that you can buy yourself back more time. I mean, how many of us use the excuse of, I just don't have enough time. This episode will buy you back that time. You're also gonna hear about Chris's upcoming goal of running the Antarctica Marathon. So without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Chris Ronzio. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. Today, I am super excited to be joined by the one and only Chris Ronzio. Chris, just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending time with me today, man.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Nick. Yeah, dude. Of course. So
0: I've been super excited to talk to you for a while now. We've uh, got connected through a mutual friend, Alex Judd, and he talks super highly of you, but also super highly of Trainual and all the things that you guys have going there. I know it's helped his business path for growth dramatically, and they're- pursuit of healthy growth for themselves, so I'm super excited to dive into a little bit of stuff on that, but the way I want to start today is kind of going back a little bit into your personal life. I know that you started your first business when you were 14 and you were in high school, and basically what you guys did was you did live video events for different events uh, in your area, and you started with kind of high school events, and then you grew larger into regional events in kind of the Boston area, and you got to the point where you were doing so many different events, and so you were needing to hire different crews to be able to go to these different events to be able to manage them. And you had to essentially build out a system to be able to train these people who were not really a part of your company. They were just kind of contractors to be able to go to the events and act like they were part of your company and act like they were a part of your brand. And essentially, that's what led you to selling that company and then later kind of building a a similar product that you like worked on uh, in your own company with with Tranual. So I know that you kind of did that throughout high school and a little bit into college as well. So I just, I kind of want to hear your story with regards to what it was like running that business while going to college.
1: <laughs> well, I started it when I was 14. And so most of, you know, all of high school, I was running this business and it was really just like a hobby. It was experimental. It was fun. It was like in the same way that you might go over a friend's house and, you know, build something or play some game and and just really get into it. I was doing that with my business. I was coming home after school and building the website and I was excited to put up new pricing pages where I would print out laminated sheets so I could go on like the sales pitch. And I felt like every day I was learning a little bit more about business. And so I remember in high school, I used to have my friends come along for productions and I would pay them to sell the videos of whatever event we were at. And there was one day when uh, we had two events on the same day and my friends were busy and I was like, I need to figure out how to hire people. I've never hired people that that weren't my friends. And so I figured it out and I went on Craigslist at the time and and fast forward into college that became every week's problem is now I'm in school. I can't go to anything and we've got more and more opportunities. Our word of mouth business is growing and I need to figure this out. And so what I did was I went into Boston and I, I would take the the bus in or the t- the tea, the train in, and I would uh, set up interviews with people at all the film schools uh, and they'd meet me at coffee shops and I'd say, OK, what well, what do you know how to do? What do you know how to do? And I would build these kind of one sheet profiles of people. And I had my little digital camera. I'd take a picture of them. And then I built out my staffing profile. It was a three ring binder with all these different contractors and what they knew how to do. Uh, But that was the very beginning of realizing I can't do all the work. I need to figure out who has which you know, specialties, who can do which work, and then I need to divide up the work that needs to be done and farm it out to other people. So college was a real learning experience for that, just a ton of failures at the beginning, you know, people that didn't do it the way I wanted it done. And then eventually some successes when I figured out how to package the way that I wanted it done. Um, the last thing I'll say about that is that college was an incredible experience having a business uh, because I would go to accounting class, to marketing class, to business management class, and my professors would let me use my business for my class projects. And so all of the stuff that we were learning, instead of like wasting my time on the homework, I would apply it to my actual business. And the stuff that I was turning in for grades was also being useful for me in uh, in growing the company. So it was a really cool experience.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That last part is is critical. I I went to University of Georgia and was a business major as well. I studied finance and and did pretty well. But then a couple of years later, I started my own business and I didn't really feel like I had the knowledge of how to start a business. And so I feel like if you could have gotten your hands dirty with your own business while you're actually learning it, you can actually apply the things that you're learning uh, practically in the moment, which is Huge when it comes to actually grasping the material and not just kind of memorizing it and then forgetting it, which is probably what I largely did. Uh, but one of the things that I think that you did really well, especially at you know at such a young age of fourteen, is you didn't wait to have the answers to all the problems before you dove head first into it. I think so many of us, oftentimes we don't do something because we're not exactly sure how we're going to solve this issue. And so we procrastinate on doing it because of that, but you jumped into it and then, Oh crap, this is, I got to figure out how to do this. And then you just have to, you have to figure it out. And oftentimes I think that pressure, that urgency allows us to solve problems more creatively and more quickly as well. Talk to me about if they're like, Another time when you feel like you've dove into something, having not had the answers necessarily in the first place, but had to figure it out as you lived it out.
1: Every month this is happening, maybe maybe every week. I think that's what's exciting about business. You know, in, in the video company, you mentioned the very early examples of, you know, being 14, 15 and totally I was figuring it out because i didn't know how to do anything i didn't know how to open a bank account i didn't know how to you know like uh pay pay payroll to someone i didn't know what a 1099 was when i was writing checks to all my friends and you know you figure those things out just by the experience but then fast forward to that business is now growing it's doing events up and down the east coast and I was bidding on RFPs. I'd never done that before. I won my first RFP and then realized I needed a whole different set of equipment to be able to do an event in a, an arena, a huge arena with, that seats 20,000 people compared to the schools and the other places I had been. And then you get into the arena and you're like, okay, well, I didn't know that I needed you know, c- cable extenders to push a signal more than 200 feet. Like You make so many mistakes along the way. Um, but that's how you learn, and so you know the same is true. Even even this week in Trainual, you know we sponsored an event that's bigger than any other event that we've done, and we're having to figure out like massive trade show displays, and and you know how, how the offer that we can send out to everybody, and these are things that we've never done before. But either you figure it out or you bring other people in that have more experience than you and, and they give you uh, some guidance when it comes to these things. But that's, that's, what's fun. That's how you know you're stretching yourself.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that last part, you you partly answered the question I was thinking of asking next is if somebody is having that feeling of, I kind of want to do this thing, but I'm not really sure how to solve that issue. And if that comes up, I'm not really sure what I would do there. One thing you can do is reach out to other people who have maybe done it before to give you a little bit of insight and preemptive knowledge around how you might be able to do some things. But what else would you say to somebody who is having that feeling right now about starting something?
1: So we have this entrepreneurship club. It's like a just an employee affinity group kind of thing at trainul And one of the questions that came up in the group yesterday was, should you use like a business canvas map sort of thing? And we had a debate around it. And what I was saying is, you know, when I was seven years old and started a lemonade stand, I didn't make any sort of business plan canvas, you know, like you just kind of start and you talk to the first few customers and you figure out your pricing. And, and I think a lot of people can get paralyzed by the amount of information that's out there when they could just like your shirt says, show up and show out, you know, like get to work, start doing, doing the job. Um, sometimes though, there are people that can help you, you know, whether it's an employee that you hire or a advisor or a mentor. When I was running my second business, which was a consulting business, I was trying to get more notoriety than just word of mouth could bring to me. And so I hired a uh, a really seasoned editor that was, you know, uh, she she had run publications and press and knew everything about that. And I went onto this website and I bought a call with her for a half hour to just pitch her on like, here's what I'm doing. Give me some advice. And that half hour was worth so much. Like it got me to be a columnist for ink and to to be featured on all these different websites because she could introduce me or help me shortcut the process in some ways. You know, right before I jumped on this podcast, I had a call with one of my mentors and board members who is eight times bigger than than us as a business. And he's given me counseling on like, you know, people issues and and compensation issues and, and the stuff that I just haven't run into before. So there's always people you can lean on, but I, I think you've gotta be somewhere in between just going for it it and not getting paralyzed and then bringing in mentors when you need them.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And I know that with mentors for me in the past, sometimes that has held me back from what has held me back from potentially reaching out to people is the feeling of like, oh, I'm going to bother them and I don't want to bother them. I don't want to be uh, somebody who's gets in their time when they have a lot of things going on. And but most of the time, people are pretty darn willing to help you out and pretty darn willing to lift the people up who they previously were. In their life and so if you're thinking this along the same lines of you don't want to bother somebody else go for it you're probably not going to be bothering them as much as you actually think one of the things that you talk a lot about in in the business playbook which I'm really excited to talk about I mean just the I guess general general theme I guess is do document delegate and I want you to talk to us a little bit about just the overall framework of, of what that means do document delegate. But then I also want you to talk to us about if there's been a time that maybe you've kind of applied that principle to just your personal life rather than necessarily your strictly your business life. So I'll let you have the
1: floor for that. Yeah, sure. So do it, document it, delegate it is this framework that I think applies to every business, every role in the business and every task that every role in every business does, right? It's this really simple, repeatable framework because when you're doing anything, first you're learning how to do it. And then once you get a repeatable, consistent way of doing it, you're showing up and you realize you're delivering the same result every time. It starts to become clockwork. You don't have to think about it. It's consistent. And once you're doing it consistently, If you want to pick up new tasks, you have to free up some bandwidth for yourself, right? If you want to grow and take on new challenges, then you want to get rid of the thing that you've been doing for three years that you're bored of doing. And so your way to unlock that growth is to delegate it, is to hand it off to someone else because someone else needs to be able to do this. To free up that bandwidth for you. And so you can delegate in a lot of ways. You can delegate to technology by automating something. You can delegate to somebody that's an outsourced vendor, or you can delegate to an employee or a contractor. And in between is where people mess up. You know, you want to delegate, you know, you want to hand something off, but if you don't give clear instructions for how it should be done and the way that you've had success doing it, then people perform poorly and you're wondering, oh, should I just take this back? And that's what keeps businesses small is when you're holding on to all those things that you think you have to do yourself. And so this process, do it consistently, document it clearly, and then you can delegate it confidently, I think is a pattern that you can use for every task in every role in every business. And it is your way to unlock that growth. And so it's a big framework that's in the book and it applies to so much in my personal life too. So I'll I'll see if I can, I'll just rattle off an example. Uh, So we, we have, a uh, like a, a a nanny, a babysitter that works with our kids after school, and there are so many things that I've been able to delegate and offload to her. This one is a crazy example, but it's fresh in my head from the last few weeks. So every morning, I was waking up and making coffee, and I had to you know empty out the grinds from the last day and put in the new filter and fill up the water, and I realized. I can delegate this. Like I don't have to do this thing. And so now our our nanny when she's at the house in the afternoon, she prepares the coffee for the next morning. And I showed her the instructions for exactly yeah. how to do it, how much to put in there, to fill the water, to set the timer. Now I w- wake up in the morning and it's just done. Um mm-hmm. just as a simple personal example, but apply that to anything in in your job, in your daily business routine and you can see how a lot of these tasks that we just think Uh, I have to do this can be handed off to someone else to do.
0: Mm. I think that's so key. I think if we can start to take assessment over all the things that we're doing consistently and try to identify the ones that we're like, I don't really want to do that any longer. And then think like, okay, I need to specify exactly what it is that I'm doing clearly, and then potentially find, find it to hand off to somebody. So when it comes to finding the tasks to delegate, talk to us about how you can appropriately pick the right tasks to delegate. You know, you talked about the the coffee one and in generally, an easy thing to think about delegating is something that you don't want to do. But what other things should we be thinking about when it comes to delegating specific specific activities?
1: Yeah, so I think the the stuff I don't want to do is the easiest. Because you're actively thinking as you're doing this thing that, oh, I don't like doing this. I don't look forward to it. I wish I didn't have to do it. And so the things that disrupt us the most are the easiest to delegate because they're top of mind. The harder things to delegate are the things that we're actually good at, the things that we like doing. And so as you go further up the chain, you start with the things that you don't like doing, and then you move to the things that you don't mind doing, but you're not the only one that can do it. You realize that like, this is not a, a unique skill of mine. Somebody else could do this just as well as me. And then you move up to the things that you're actually great at. You do them really well, but you don't love them. And you can offload those to somebody. And then all you're left with are the things that you really love doing. The things that you're great at and you love doing. So if you if you think about one of those like two by two matrices of, of like a, you know, do I love it? And am I good at it? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's That's sort of how you approach delegation.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I think that's a really clear and helpful way to help identify and select the things that need to be delegated. We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first, I wanted to share some words from a participant of the 10-Week Transformation. At Best U, we started running the 10WT back in January of 2020 and have since had 313 people and counting go through it. They've seen their bodies get stronger than ever before. They've seen the stubborn fat finally come off, and they've seen their habits dramatically improve. And honestly, more than anything, they've seen their self-confidence skyrocket. If you want to learn more about the 10-week transformation, then you can go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. That's nickcarrier.com slash the number 10WT. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but first, here's what they had to say.
2: So I'm just finished up my fourth 10-week program with Nick. And the reason why I signed up initially is because I wasn't in a really good place mentally. And I had always been pretty consistent with working out, but I knew I needed a change in my life. So I signed up. I was feeling pretty nervous at first. Didn't really know what to expect. It's the unknown, but Nick makes it so easy. You're surrounded by a group of people who are amazing. They only want to better themselves, so that pushes you to want to be better. The first 10 weeks, I definitely noticed some changes in my mental health and my strength, but I knew I wanted to keep it going because the framework that is provided definitely sets you up for success. It's been about a year now, and I can definitely say that there have been huge changes in my mental health, my strength, my confidence. I've learned so much about consistency, showing up for myself. Never thought I'd be the girl to wake up at 5 a.m. to work out, but here I am. And you have Nick who is there with you every single step of the way. He meets you where you're at. He pushes you to crush your goals. He only wants to see you succeed. He wants you to be your best you. So if you're looking for a program that is only going to make you better, this is for you.
0: Now let's talk about the documentation because I think everybody listening has heard the term delegate before and they have an idea that they probably need to delegate, but then that framework gives them something to walk away with now to think like, okay, what is one thing that I can walk away from this podcast knowing that I want to delegate? Okay, this is going to be the thing. Okay, if that's the thing, then what do they need to be doing when it comes to documenting it? I'm assuming there's got to be like a quantitative metric and and things like that. Talk to us a little bit about how to appropriately document that which you delegate.
1: So documentation sounds um, you know like like scary almost but really it's just instructions and so if i was to delegate to someone like oh can can you make me some muffins you know that that's how most people delegate is they just pass along the task but then the person that's in charge of making the muffins now they're like okay are they Are they chocolate chip muffins? Are they blueberry muffins? Are they lemon poppy seed muffins? Are they the tiny muffins or the big muffins? Do you want a half dozen of them? Do you want three dozen? What are these muffins for? Do you have any allergies for the muffins? Like, is there any altitude constraints for these muffins? You know, like, like there's all these different questions, right? And so when you think about the work examples, most people are just not giving the proper instructions. You're not clearly documenting the instructions. And so I have this in the book, this what I say is the perfect standard operating procedure, the perfect SOP. And really what it is, is it's getting at what are all the pieces of the recipe that you need to be sure to document when you hand something off. And so I'll just run through some of them really quick. First you've got what is the thing? That's easy. That's what you're the task you're wanting to hand off. Then you've got um w- how often does this happen? You know, is is this a once a week task? Is this a once a month task? Is it Tuesdays at 10am? Uh, next is how long should this take someone to do if it's done right? Is this a 30 minute thing? Is this a two hour thing? Is it five minutes every time the phone rings? You need to know like, wh- what, is, what does it look like if it's, if it's done well? Um, next is what tools do you need to do this right? like, uh, you know, ingredients for the muffins, but for anything online, it might be like, is there a proposal template document that I need to use to fill out the proposal? Do I need some passwords? Do I need to use some software or hardware tool? Uh, and then you've got, uh, other questions like, you know, who owns this? Who's, who's in charge of this thing? That's going to set the quality standard. You know, like, who do I go to if I have questions, uh, who's going to teach me how to do this thing? When was it last updated? Are these instructions out of date? Or are these the current best instructions? And who else in the business does this impact? Like, tell me some context around this task so I understand why it's important. Um, And then you get into the step-by-step-by-step granular procedure on how to do the thing. But so many people miss those details of the instructions. And I think that bad performance most oftentimes can be pointed back to bad instructions. And that's mm. really what documentation is. And then last point here is documentation isn't always written. You can make a video. You can make a screen recording. Mm. There's a lot of different ways, a little audio clip. There's a lot of ways to record instructions. And uh, it doesn't have to be a daunting task.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I was sending a my podcast producer a Loom video the other day around recording it and, and showing him one thing. So there's so many different ways to do it, but no, I think if people, you guys need to go rewind that and write down each of those steps that Chris just laid out there. That was, that was so, so good. Um, because again, we often think the delegation of the task is a lot simpler in our minds because we've done it before, but the other person is like, I don't know how to, what muffins you actually want me to make. Like you, like you said, um, to kind of here towards the end, Chris, I want to completely shift gears because I saw that uh, I'm a fitness trainer and I saw that you're doing an Antarctica marathon coming up. So talk to me a little bit about why you decided to do that.
1: So, so first of all, I love training. Obviously, train you all is all about training and teaching and growing and and that's you know that's a big part of what we do. And so I love the parallel here to training and fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, We always say that like putting your business on trainual with all of your systems and processes and people and policies and roles and responsibilities dialed in is like getting your body in the best possible shape except for your business, you know? And so, so I love training. Um, The reason for the Antarctica marathon is uh, it goes back five years. My brother, who's our CMO, wanted to run a marathon. It was like a big bucket list thing for him. And he wanted to visit all seven continents. And he realized on his birthday, there was going to be a marathon in Antarctica that he could check off two of those items. And so he asked me if I'd sign up with him and I did. It was a two-year wait list at the time. Then COVID happened, which meant years got canceled and everybody got pushed back. And so we've been on the wait list for five years and we're finally going next month. So I'm pretty pumped.
0: Holy crap. That is, talk about a wait. I have a, a good buddy who had to wait two years to go to the Ironman world championships in Kona, Hawaii. And he was just like, Oh my gosh, I just need to go, but it's two years, but five years, Holy crap. And especially when it's an anticipation of something that, you know, is going to be painful. That's a whole, that's a whole nother thing. And, and kudos to you for sticking up the kind of motivation to, to do the training because some people were just like, Oh my gosh, like let's just not do this thing.
1: (laughs) I I was, I was like, perfect. I've got five (laughs) years at the time, two years to train for this. And every year that they kept getting canceled, I was like, all right, this is more training time. But
0: yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Talk to me about I know that anytime I'm pursuing a goal, I always learn different things or are reminded of certain principles that I had learned in the past through the pursuit of that goal. Talk to me about if there's anything that's come up for you that you realized or or learned or relearned in pursuit of this goal.
1: Yeah. My brother and I are actually working on a book that is all the parallels between running and running a business, running a race and running a business. So (laughs) we'll have to let you know when, when that comes out. But you know, the, the biggest thing that stands out to me is, is just the, the, the discipline of it. You know, I, I was up this morning at at 5am running and it was, uh, it was downpouring and it was 40 something degrees and it was Terrible weather, and I didn't want to run at all. But in doing that, I was reminding myself, like you know, you stick to the goal, uh, don't stray from the path. You know, like it, it, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not hard once you're doing it. It's hard to start doing it, but it's not hard once you're doing it. And maybe that goes full circle back to what we said at the beginning that you know, a lot of times you just need to get started in business and not be so paralyzed. Getting started is the hard part. But once you're out there and your clothes are soaking wet and your headlamps on and you're miles away from your house, you're like, whatever, I'm doing this. And uh, mm-hmm. and, and you figure it out.
0: No doubt. I think it's all about you got to find a way to build a little momentum. You got to find a way to have a little bit of progress to build a little belief in yourself and get that momentum going because, like you said, that first step is the hardest thing going do to do. But then once you get that ball rolling, it gets easier and easier and easier to eat and easier to take action and push. And so that's awesome. And, and you know what you said with regards to you woke up this morning and you had to run and it was raining, but you still did it anyway. One of the things that I like to talk about with my clients and just you know on social media and stuff is that we can't let our circumstances dictate our decisions and our commitments. We have to make sure we make our commitments regardless of circumstance, right? Like you did it regardless of the weather that morning. If it was 75 degrees and sunny, you were going. If it's cold and rainy, you were going. If, it was going to be dark, and you needed to find a headlamp, and you were going to find a headlamp before you went on a run. So that's just that's awesome, man. The I lost.
1: I actually lost my headlamp. The wind there were like thirty mile per hour wind gusts, and it blew off my headlamp, and I didn't realize until I got home. So now I got to get a new headlamp. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Well,
0: uh, kudos for you, man. Nice first get. Nice work getting up and after it this morning. But uh, before I ask the last question here, Chris, I just want to acknowledge you for having the courage to do the thing that so many of us lack the courage to do, to do something amidst the fog, to do something amidst not knowing how you're going to navigate your way through it, but being okay with that, doing it doing it anyway, and finding a way to navigate your way through. And you did that at 14. You did that when you started training You continue to do it every day moving forward and want to acknowledge you for having the discipline to to stick to commitments and promises regardless of circumstance. It's, it's impressive and inspirational.
1: Thank you. Yeah, man,
0: and I'm excited to hear when your book comes out. When it comes uh, with the comparison of running and running a business, but for now, you guys need to go grab the business playbook: how to document and delegate what you do so your company can grow beyond you. And if you haven't taken notes on what to delegate and how to delegate and how to document, then make sure you go back and take some notes because all of you guys know out there you've used the excuse in the past of "I don't have enough time." And you can buy back some of your own time if you simply apply some of these easy things that Chris has talked about today, even if it's just having somebody prepare the coffee pot for you the night before, then make it happen. But uh, but Chris, before I ask the last question, is there any other good place that people should go learn more about you? I mean, people need to go follow you on Instagram at Chris Ronzio, but where else should go people learn about you and everything you got going on?
1: Yeah. Instagram is probably the best place. I'm posting stories every day. Uh, Also pretty active on LinkedIn, or you can go to chrisronzio.com if you want all the formal links and YouTube and that sort of thing. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Good deal. We'll appreciate that. Uh, Last question here is I think that in order to get closer to the best version of yourself, it's both a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think that we ever actually get to that best version of ourselves. And I also think the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So with that said, the last question is for you personally, if there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to the best version of Chris Ronzio that you could possibly be. then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on?
1: Three things that I could do to get closer to the best version of me. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go very specific. So I've had type one diabetes for 29 years since I was a little kid. And one of the things I just started doing was tracking my uh, seven day average blood sugars on a spreadsheet because I'm trying to drive down my uh, my average blood sugar reading of my A1C. So getting to that A1C goal is number one, because I think health comes first. Uh, Number two. I would say as soon as this marathon in Antarctica is over, I want to incorporate more strength training because uh, that's also important to my health overall health. And number three, I'm going to say is um, my wife and I are planning uh, separate trips with each of our kids this year, uh, and and I'm really looking forward to that. And I and and so so health and fitness and uh, and family. And I I think intentionally those three come before any business goals that I I would share because I think it's really important to have that strong foundation. Uh, It makes everything else at work easier.
0: Mm, No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, Well, I'm inspired by people who get after in business, but also have their values and priorities straight in the other areas of their life. So that's awesome, man. Well, you guys need to make sure you go get the business playbook. Make sure you took notes on, what to delegate, how to delegate, how to document that stuff because you want to save yourself some time, be more efficient, and and get closer to the best version of yourself. But Chris, that's all we got today, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Nick. That was a hell of an episode with Chris. It was so much fun getting to hear about his first business, about how to delegate and about his upcoming Antarctica marathon goal. Make sure you follow him on Instagram at Chris Ronzio and also go grab a copy of his book, The Business Playbook, how to document and delegate what you do so your company can grow beyond you. And remember, if you're overwhelmed about what you should eat, if you wanna feel more confident in your own skin and you will need a way to satisfy your sweet tooth in a healthy manner, then go get access to my video course called The Three Steps to Losing Fat and Building Muscle at nickcarrier.com for absolutely free. And remember, if you wait to have all the answers before you start, you'll be waiting to start forever. You don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start in order to be great. So ask for some help, but also have the courage to move forward without the answers and have faith that you're gonna find a way to answer them along the way. you got this. And remember, to buy yourself back more time by delegating those tasks that you don't like to do, and also delegate tasks that you're actually pretty good at, but other people can do them too. And then be sure when you delegate them to document specifically all the details to save you some frustration. If you can take action amidst uncertainty, delegate tasks that you don't need to be doing, and commit to your decisions regardless of circumstances, you'll continue on the path closer and closer to your best you.